You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a little bit of a different concept, and that's called a coaching audit. And it's something that um, I tend to do at the end of every season, and I do a lot for coaches um, around the around the world, around the leagues, depending on where you're from. And it's something that um, the ingredients of a coaching audit might might actually have interest to you. And I may co- you know talk about a couple of things you've never thought about before. So this is an episode you definitely don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 141 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? We got another week of volleyball. Uh, Thank you so much for all you listeners tuning in. My name is Coach Brian. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. And if you are a regular listener, as always, you know much I appreciate you tuning into another episode where the goal just like every other episode, is to deliver something of value, tangible, step-by-step strategies you can take away and apply to your gym right away. And uh, before we do begin this episode, you may have heard in the preamble, or if you're listening to this before uh, you know March 5th, I got a free workshop coming up. Um, I really hope to see many of you guys out to the workshop. It's going to be revolving around creating uh, successful championship programs and some of the ingredients that I've found uh, success in, talking about efficient practices, efficient, uh, you know, uh, skill development, player development, as well as seasonal planning. Really, really good stuff. I've run this workshop a ton of times. Coaches absolutely love it. They get a ton of takeaways. So yeah, um, links in the show note, volleyballworkshop.com if you haven't got registered yet. And the link is also in the show note. So get get um, get registered. And I do also apologize. I'm actually dropping this episode. I'm still dropping it on Monday. But it's Monday night as opposed to your regular midnight Monday morning. So if you are a listener who uh, makes it part of their routine to listen to me Monday mornings, I apologize. I'm I'm really sorry for messing up your rhythm and flow to your morning. But um, we had we had a, we had a death in the family. My wife's grandmother passed away, so last week was pretty hectic. We had you know the the viewing and the funeral, and um, I was the MC for for the entire uh, service that we did, and I had a lot, had a lot of res- responsibility. So uh, unfortunately, I couldn't make time to do the podcast in time, so I had to do it during the day on Monday. Well, actually Monday evening, which is why it's going to be launched Monday night. So depending on where you are around the world, maybe that didn't screw up your plans, but if it did, I, I apologize. Also in um, in recent news, I guess for my my season, our, our season's officially over. Uh, we we lost in the playoffs, unfortunately, and my um, Wayne coach Wayne Wilkins, he was he was on the pod uh, some I think about a couple months ago talking about championship programs, and he won he won the uh, championship over here in uh, in the province of Ontario, and he he moves on to to compete for a national championship. So we wish him the best of luck, and he uh, definitely earns it. Uh, really great program, and we've had him on before. So, uh, you know, all the all the luck to him, and hopefully they can they can get a W and get that national championship. But at the end of every season, there's a lot of reflection that happens. And if you're a coach, 
and you are not reflecting after every season, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, reflection is super important to sit down either by yourself or with your coaching staff and go through your season as a, you know, from a macro perspective and, you know, write down the things that went really well and write down the things that didn't go really well and things that, you know, you may want to see and look to change for next season, you know, and do it really sooner rather than later because the longer you wait that the things tend to, you know, you, you kind of forget certain things and you may not, you may miss something that you could potentially address and fix for the upcoming season. So you want to make sure that you do these reflections, have one either by yourself or with your coaching staff. I, I promise you it pays dividends and it will, it will help you get clarity on, you know, what you, what you need to do going forward and, and reflect, you know, as a coach too, you got to reflect on yourself, on your leadership, your ability to deliver the game plan, the seasonal plan that you wanted to. And if you, did you fail, did you succeed or rather not fail, but did you learn uh, what, what things can you do to improve and, you know, things like that. But the purpose of today's episode is I want to introduce a concept called a coaching audit. And what the coaching audit is, is normally you, uh, you have an you have an outside coach come in and audit your program, you know, and really the, the, a lot of the questions are, you know, what are what are the factors that contribute to the success of your program? What are the factors that have um, contributed to you not achieving success or things that need to be worked on? Um, as well as you know, how is your time spent? So you know, part of my job in, as an ambassador of the game, and you know, I, you know, I've been coaching this game for a long time. Is you know, coaches will invite me out to do a coaching audit. And it's something that takes time, so I don't do very many of them. Unfortunately, it's 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 a process. But I want you to coach, like audit yourself. And this is this goes kind of part of uh, you know, you're part of your reflection portion. But you really want to audit yourself. And I'm going to go through the factors that I look for when I audit other coaches. And a coach's audit is great because I like personally, I like, even myself, I like to have an outside coach come in, obviously someone that I trust and that I know has experience with programming and things like that because it's 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 important to get that second opinion or, or, or that just a different view of it and they can see you know wh- where where you're messing up or what you need to improve on or or why you're doing certain things the way you're doing it so a coaching audit is a great self-reflection tool like as well as um, it's, it's just overall really good for for you to you know have on, on your squad or on your team rather okay let's um let's talk about the ingredients of a coaching audit so when I go into a coach the first thing I like to see are the plans I want to see what what I'm working with here. So let's take a look at your seasonal plan. Uh, let's take a look at how you game plan. Um, I really want to see your yearly training plan. So, and if you don't know how to do one, that is probably where I would start. Is I would sit down with you and think about okay, how are you planning out your year? You know, are are do you understand what a meso cycle is, what micro cycles are, how you break up skill development and things like that, and how it looks like from a macro perspective? Do you understand ratios from, uh, you know, competition to practice ratios, and are you tracking that to make sure you're being? Now, again, you may think, wait a minute, this is way too high level. This is unnecessary, but are, again. You you want to put yourself in the bet. You want to give yourself a professional program. You want to try to give yourself a professional program. It doesn't matter if you're doing this as a you know as a as a 13, 12 U coach or you're doing this as an 18 U college coach. A yearly training plan is essential. 
Now, if you are a DVA member, you have access to my yearly training plan. So if you don't know what that is, go take a look at the yearly training plan. And DVA members, I actually did an entire live training on how to create your yearly training plan. And that is like the that's one of the foundational pieces of your program because it outlines a week by week schedule and it's not it's not like to say like it's detailed like oh you're going to map out all your practices for 52 weeks no 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 of course not but it maps out the overall you know i big ideas themes of your season and when you want to do certain things and it also i think the more more important part of the yearly training plan is not only does it tell you when and where you're going to train certain things but it also gives you a really good indication of your practice ratio to your competition ratio. And you always want to be within that 60-40. So, you know, 60% training and 40% competition, um, or even closer to 50-50 is, is okay too. So that's what you want to look at. I also look at their player development plan. So I want to take a look at uh, how are they developing their players? What's the plan for developing players? Are they are they measuring, you know, the, the player's performance? And what does that look like? And how are they monitoring that performance on, on a course of a season? And you may say, wait a minute, that's, that's again, that's so much detail, but that's the secret to player development. If you've ever been on any of my trainings or listening to some of my podcasts on player development, you know that a big part of that is tracking progress and making sure we monitor it over the course of a season because what that enables us to do is enables us to see if we're on track, if a player is potentially falling off the map a little bit, we can adjust and we can you know really make them aware of what's going on. Um, uh, again, I'll look at other type of reports like scouting reports if, if they have any. You know, if you're at a 12, 13, you maybe not so much there. Um, I look at how they're planning their training camp and I help with that. Like training camp, as you as many of you know, is a big part of uh, seasonal planning and a big, a big belief that I have that if you have a good solid training camp, you're going to set yourself up for early success and team chemistry, culture, and things like that. So I, I, I look at how they're planning their training camp. Um, what are their on-court sessions look like? How they're mixing that up? What are their classroom sessions look like? Team building sessions? Are they making sure that their volleyball manual is complete and in time ready for training camp and things like that? Okay, so uh, again, I look at all of that. And again, if you don't know what training camp is, you can listen to past episodes. But basically, you know, it's a weekend where it's a combination of you teaching your system and culture in a course of a short amount of time. And it has on-court sessions, it has classroom sessions, team building sessions, and things like that. So it's a really great organized time for you to make sure you get that done. I look at film. So I want to know what their approach is to film, how they're analyzing film. Are they utilizing software? Do they have, is there a budget in the, in the software for film? Uh, and if so, how are they utilizing it? What are they using? If you don't have a budget, how are you being strategic in your film analysis and you know things like that? So looking at film is really important, uh, which leads me to another point that I didn't mention earlier, which I should have, and that's budget. So what is your budget? Do you know your budget? Uh, and if so, how are you how are you distributing your budget to make sure that we're maximizing that? Really, it's a really really important part is making sure that you're spending the money on the right things and you're you know prioritizing certain areas of your budget so that. You, you you know, it's, it's going to be used to what you need to do to win now and what to do to help the team now. So yeah, budgeting is really important. Uh, I look at small group work. So another uh, pinpoint is, is, do you do small group work? And when I, when I say small group work, I'm referring to, you know, do you have your middles working together and working with a, with a, a coach like yourself? Do you have your setters? Do you have your pins working together? Um, you know, like things like that, like small individual group work with your athletes so they can better develop and also know the game at a higher level. 
Um, I did mention practice plans, right? Yeah, like making sure you have your look at your practice plans and, and just how you. I don't. I don't have. I don't need to see all fifty-two week of your practice plans, but I want to get a good grasp of what a practice plan looks like. Making sure that you're not, you know, forgetting key components of a of a practice plan. Things like learning goals, success criteria, or however you decide to measure your practice plan. Um, I look at team building. I, mean, I want to make sure team building is a component of your programming as well. How are you team building? Do you have, uh, you know, do you do you uh, structure team building over the course of a season? What does team building look to, like look like to you? You know, just have a conversation about it because you know obviously team building is really important. Um, I look at in game management. So this is something that I may assess uh, by either watching film or maybe I attend a game live and see how you're managing the flow of a game. Are you utilizing the timeouts efficiently? You know, how are you interacting with your players? How are you uh, making in-game adjustments to combat whatever the other team is you know, putting across the net at you and things like that? So in-game management is another area that I want to make sure that our coaches are getting better at. Uh, now, if you're a college coach, your recruiting plan um, or certain parts of, of the U.S., depending on if recruiting is allowed. So what's your recruiting plan? How does that look like? Okay. Um, are you utilizing social media to enhance your club, your team? Are you leveraging like social media is a huge leveraging tool that can showcase the talent of your team as well as the style of your team and what your team's all about? It's kind of like, you know, you want to make sure that your team is is not only perceived by your players as a great place to play, but in general, it, it will help build that culture for your team going forward. If you're a, re a recurring program, like a college university type team, you wanna really utilize and leverage social media so that the world can see the amazing things you're doing and the culture that you have. So eventually, you know, people wanna be a part of that. So how does your recruiting plan look? And, and then if not, just your social media in general, like, and this could be for anything club high school, like, are you utilizing social media effectively? And uh, what, what are, what are certain things that, what's your social media plan? That is actually, and I talked about this in the pod, you know, previously, but social media has to be part of your programming. It absolutely does. We, we, we live in an age where if you want to attract talent, if you want to showcase what type of program you have, and that could be a potential scholarship opportunity for donations. It could be someone sponsoring a team. Like it, you, who knows where social media can really help positively impact your team. So you want to make sure that you are 100% um, focusing and, and have a social media plan, to be quite honest. Uh, fundraising. Are you fundraising? Fundraising is important. I know it's it's a it's a tough thing to do. It really is. Um, at the at the older at the college and university, it, it's built into our foundation. We have to fundraise, or you or you lose out on opportunities to go and, and attend tournaments, maybe in another country, or and you know the the big part of these attending tournaments in another country. Yes, it's to play new teams, no doubt about it, but. It's also, and yes, it's to help develop and become a better team on the volleyball court. Don't get me wrong, but it's also an opportunity to to have to have your players go through an amazing experience together, continue to build and and uh, strengthen those relationships that you are trying to create. That's what these away away trips are really good for. That building that connection. So I, if anything, I I think that that's the big win more than the actual practice itself and the game planning is the is the camaraderie and the you know the experience that your athletes get to enjoy is on those away trips. And a lot of that won't be possible with fundraising. I'm sorry, without fundraising. Okay. 
Um, I also want to take a look at your strength training program. So, you know, what does that strength training program look like? How many times? What does it compose of? Uh, you know, things like that. Strength training is now like, you know, back in the day, strength training wasn't necessarily a, a pillar in, in programming, but I think, I think it's safe to say that you're, you're struggling uh, if you don't have a strength training program. I mean, like, I shouldn't say struggling, but you're not achieving your potential if you don't have a strength training program. So without a doubt, it's really important. Delegating, you know, and I've talked about this on the on the pod before too. What, how are you taking away things for you to do, okay? And I'm, here, here's something you gotta think about. As, as a head coach, okay, you wanna be more responsible in the high converting tasks. So what does that mean? As a head coach, what are the things that are gonna lead to wins? What are the things that are gonna lead to directly result in wins per se? Okay, the, the high converting tasks. That's where you wanna focus your time on. Because you can't focus your time. Look at, think about all the stuff that I've just, I'm not even done by the way. Think about all the stuff that I've just mentioned that goes into my coaching audit. There are a ton of things in here. It, it is almost impossible for you to do all of these things on your own. And if you were, you're probably not doing a great job at every single one of them. You may do a great job at some things, but you're not you're not doing your your team you're doing a team a disservice if you think about it. And I don't mean that in any rude way possible, but we have to be able to delegate responsibility to maximize your team's potential. And the first question I ask coaches is what's the what are the high converting tasks that they need to do? And things are like like practice planning that is a head coaching responsibility. Seasonal planning, that is a head coaching responsibility. Your yearly training plan, head coaching responsibility, okay? But there are other things that may not be the head coaching responsibility, such as social media. That is not something that the head coaches need to be responsible for. They can delegate that out. Let someone else take that on because social media, like I mentioned, is a big part of your programming, but that you don't necessarily have to be on, on point with that. Recruiting plan. You could, you could oversee it, but you don't have to be doing all of it, like dialing in and all that. Team building, you could be, you could be, you know, be responsible, but you could also give some of that away. Okay, scouting reports, you may not be creating the scouting reports. Your assistant coaches might be creating the scouting reports. Okay, taking stats, another thing that I haven't mentioned yet, but stat taking. So what what are you using to stay, take stats and who's doing that? So the, the, big, the big picture here is, and I'll, I'll tell you what the biggest objection I get is, I don't have help, I'm by myself, okay? And I wholeheartedly believe that if you really wanted to, you may disagree by the way, but if you really wanted to, you could get help. And I'll tell you how. First of all, if you're a high school coach, you have a school with potentially a thousand students. You can find volunteers. You can make it attractable. I, as many of you know, the one thing I do is I try to coach one high school team every year. I normally do a senior girls varsity team. And yeah, you might think I'm crazy. My wife thinks I'm crazy because I already coach a college team. Why, why, why do I have any reason to coach a high school team? Um, I, I like to think of myself as an ambassador of the game and growing the game. And it's my way of still being able to connect with the youth and still be relevant. And I, and I genuinely enjoy doing it. It's, it's a short season. The, the high school season here in, in Canada where I am, it's, it's, not a, it's not a long season like how some of you may have it. So I, I, I have the ability to do that. But 
Yeah, I, I, I put an announcement. I say, hey, we're looking for volunteers who want to be part of a team, who want to help with the senior girls volleyball team. And I'll have a ton of people that want to be part of that. And I delegate. I delegate tasks. I'll delegate stats. I'll, dedica- I'll dedicate film, like recording. And I'll teach them how to do it. I don't need volleyball experts. Like, that's another thing, coaches. You don't need volleyball experts. You can teach people how to do a lot of tasks in volleyball. And you'd be surprised how far that can go. So what you want to make sure that you're doing is you want to spend your time doing the high converting tasks, the high converting things that are going to lead to wins. That's what you want to do. And you want to make sure you're doing that at the the highest degree possible. So, you know, this is how you're organizing your resources. If you want to, if you're on a club team, I, as much as I don't like saying this, parents, you can utilize parents for a lot of these jobs, fundraising, social media, um, you know, film, stats. Parents can do that. You can teach them how to do it and they can do it, okay? And then you could also look for assistant coaches, volunteer assistant coaches in your area, in the club. You never know where, where one can find one, okay? And then if you're, if you're outside of that college, university, you're, you, have a, you have assistant coaches. But there is always... There's always a way to find an assistant coach. You just have to be creative. You have to make it something that someone wants to be a part of. Make it desirable. And there are many ways to do it. Because I'll be honest with you, coaches, you will not be able to put together an amazing program. Okay, I shouldn't say that because you probably could put together an amazing program. I don't want to come off that way. But your program is not achieving its full potential if you're doing it on your own. Believe me, it's not. You You need help. No, no leader does it by themselves. They need help and help comes with, with, with help. I don't know what the help. You need help, period. Okay. Let, let me move on. I would spend a lot of time on that one. Okay. One-on-ones. I want to make sure, I want to see how they're structuring their one-on-ones. Um, how many times doing one-on-ones, making sure that's part of this, it's part of the program. Uh, leadership. So who are your captains? Are you meeting with your captains? Do you have a leadership council? As you heard uh, on last week's episode, um, leadership council is something that, that I do with our team as well as making sure that other people have that. And then I want to see, last but not least, I want to see the tactical and technical plan. What is? What are you teaching? How are you teaching certain things? Uh, you know. And, and again, I'm not there to judge and I'm not there to tell them they're doing it wrong. I just want to get an idea of where they're, go, where they're coming from and how they're teaching so I can help. I can add things to it. I can share um, some of my ideas and then they can choose whether or not they want to do it or not. So these are the main things that I look at. There's there's a couple other things that, that fall in and around these topics, but these are the main things. So let me just really, really quickly recap. We have all your plans, so your game plan, your seasonal plan, your practice plan, your yearly training plan, which is really important, your player development plan, your, you have your scouting report, what your training camp is, film, small group work, um, team building, in-game management, like things like timeouts, adjustments, stuff like that, your recruiting plan, social media, fundraising, um, your overall budget, uh, strength program, um, how you're delegating tasks, stats, one-on-ones, leadership council, and then tactical and technical plan. So those are the main main areas that we, we try to focus on. Uh, and there are, there are other things that, that can come up in that, but this is a coaching audit. Um, so I encourage you, by the way, to either do this yourself, you can do the coaching audit like of yourself or get someone else to come in and look at your program and see where you can improve. And and, um, and if you would like me to do a coaching audit, I mean, you can reach out to me. 
um, it, there, it's, it's not free, unfortunately. So there is a cost associated with it because it takes, it takes a lot of time to do a, a really good coaching audit. Uh, but it's something that I think will significantly, uh, take your, your coaching to another level because it's going to, we're going to, you can pinpoint all your weaknesses really easily and you can come up with a really good plan to move forward. Now, the final thing that I want to say, and this is, uh, this is something I learned, uh, I guess a couple years into being a head coach and that is you are not only coaching volleyball, okay? And that, that's something that's really interesting. A lot of people think that when you're a head coach of volleyball, when you're a head coach of any team, for example, you are like, it's you're just coaching volleyball. I, I gotta tell you, I wanna say, and this might even be too high, coaching volleyball is 50% of your job. And even that might be too high. Isn't that crazy? And when I say coaching volleyball, I mean like, coaching how to players how to pass how to hit how to set how to dig how to block how to run an offense how to run a defense like all like volleyball related stuff that's only 50 percent of your job think about it because look think about all the stuff that i mentioned today film training camp the player development plan your yearly training plan these are plans this is like you're planning you what you are doing is you are running a program that is what your job is. Your job is to coach volleyball, but coaching volleyball is part of running a program. So what you have to understand as a coach is you're not an assistant coach. You're not just developing players. You're not just coaching players. You're running a program. And this, this ideal of running a program, unfortunately, and I hate to say this, you can't learn. Like there are no courses you can take about learning how to run a volleyball program. There are, I lied, there is one place you can go and I'll tell you in a second. But when you go to look at all these volleyball subscriptions and courses you can take online, you'll find a ton on how to pass, how to hit, how to game plan, how to do all these great things volleyball related, even leadership. Oh, the one thing I didn't mention is mental health, sorry. So mental skills training, what are you doing there for mental skills training? Completely forgot to mention that one. But there is no place you can go to learn how to build a, a, a program, a volleyball program, except Digital Volleyball Academy. <laughs> I know that's kind of a cheesy plug, but um, it, like in Digital Volleyball Academy, this is where I, I teach our, our coaches how to run a program. And no matter where you are in the season, they can find themselves on what I call my success path. So DVA is divided up into different stages. And like, you know, we have six, six, five, five or six stages. And depending on where you are, that's where you can figure out what you need to do to move on to the next stage. And a big part of DVA is teaching coaches how to create programs. And that's a big part of the reason why I created DVA is because I was just like coaches. I didn't know how to create a program. I didn't know that all these things that I mentioned there was necessary to you know make a successful or have a successful volleyball program. I just thought I knew how to coach volleyball. I'm going to coach volleyball and that's it. No, no, no. That is, that is 50% of the job. And unfortunately, it is the most underserved area in our volleyball coaching community uh, that I hope to really bridge that gap. So you got to shift your mindset. You are running a program and make sure that when you're running a program, as I mentioned in the earlier part of the delegating, make sure you do things you enjoy. You want to you want to make sure you're doing the things you enjoy and the ones that are the high converting assets. Those are the things you want to do because those are the those, those high converting assets. They're they're the ones that are going to be um, more important, and you need to spend more time there. That's where you spend your time, and don't worry about the other things. And I, I know a mentor a mentor told me that 
one of the big things that one of the reasons why they had a hard time with this was they knew that an assistant coach could not do a good enough job as they could like they would do a better job and you know what that may be true but i'll tell you something 80 percent of something is still pretty damn good all right you want because you because you can't because if you do everything you're gonna you're gonna give maybe like 50% here, 60% here, 70% here, you're not going to be able to give 100% in all these areas. So if someone can do 80% in an area and you can focus on the high converting assets and the converting, the converting tasks, you are already better off as a team. Just, just by understanding that simple concept. You can't do everything. And 80% of something is better than, than you doing it at 100 when you, have to, when you have so many other things to worry about. Okay, so keep that in mind. It took it took it took me uh, and my wife can attest to this because she was like, "Why do you why why don't you just let your assistant coaches do that? Why don't you let your?" That's my wife used to always tell me because there was a point where I w- I wanted to be at everything at every session at every meeting at ev- everything. I'm the head coach. I should be at everything. And then we had kids, and my wife was like, "Listen, in the off season, you don't need to be there for everything. You have to trust your assistant coaches." And I finally did, and it was great. And I wish I did it earlier. Because and, and the truth is, is that I, it's not that I didn't trust my assistant coaches. I, I, I do. My assistant coaches have been with me for years. I trust them to the nth degree. But I knew that I could, I still wanted my imprint on it. You know, I still wanted my say. I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that they're doing it according to my standards. And, and that was a big mistake. Big, big, big mistake. So and, I, and, I, and, I, and I regret it, but I learned and, and I moved on. Okay. Um, I, I might do another episode on my my season takeaways now that my season's over i'll I'll, when i do my reflection portion and i we have our season ending one-on-ones this week so i might uh, dive into that a little bit but um anyways i hope you got some value out of the coaching audit i hope you can take some things back with you and and just pick pick apart your program a little bit uh if you are interested in learning how to you know run a volleyball program like i mentioned uh dva is probably the place for you so digitalvolleyballacademy.com you can go get more information there um, but I really do hope, and if you're listening, it's before August, uh, before March 5th, um, check out uh, the, the free training that I'm doing, completely free, uh, in which we talk about this exact topic, how to run a, a successful volleyball program. I, I give you three ingredients. I don't, I don't give you the whole map because I'd have you, I'd need you guys on there for months, but I give you really good ingredients that you can get started with right away and start seeing results, which uh, many coaches have been, and it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to see. All right. So that's it for me. I will see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.